Let's look at Psalm 84. This is to the chief musician upon Githith of Psalm for the sons of Korah. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in the courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. It's a beautiful song. It shows us and it lets us know that God is our shield. He's our son. He gives us grace and glory. Remember what I just finished saying? You don't have to worry about trying to impress anybody. He's going to give us the grace to maintain, to do the work that we need to do. And he's going to give us glory. Guess why? Because he's a glorious God. And when he works on the inside of us, his glory is going to shine through. He's, it's going to shine through the works that we do to help our fellow man, to build up our communities, to encourage our young people. When we speak the word and we share the gospel, he's going to get the glory out of our lives and he's, it, the glory is going to shine forth through us. Don't you know that in due time and season, God is going to exalt each and every person that is faithful unto him. In due time and due season, he's going to present you. He's going to put you in the presence of great men and women. You don't have to try to do anything beyond what God is calling you to do. Just be obedient and God will reward your faithfulness. But we, we have to have that yearning. We have to have that longing. We have to have that desire. See, God has a place for us. He says, my soul longeth. Yea, even fainted for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Your whole being, you can feel every, everything is crying out to be close to him. To desire for him to speak and for us to hear. Your whole being, your soul, your flesh and your spirit should be longing for God to do something in your life. If you're sitting somewhere dormant, if you're sitting somewhere clammed up, you're bound, you're shackled. And see, a lot of people, they think religion and a church building is what's going to get them to God. No, it's the yearning to have the relationship and the connection with your heavenly father. That's what's going to get you from glory to glory. Not sitting in a building, not trying to appease a man or a woman, but to say, look, for Christ. 
Christ I live, for Christ I die. Lord, what is it that you want me to do while I'm here on earth? I'm yearning to do the things of God. I'm yearning to seek after your anointing. I'm yearning to fast and to pray and to read the word so that I can draw closer to you. I'm yearning for my flesh to be crucified so that when I look in the mirror, I see more of you and less of myself. I'm yearning for your divine spirit to be edified within my being. Are you yearning after the things of God? Are you longing? Do you long to be in his place and to be in his presence? To have that time of worship. See, because you don't need a building. You don't need a building to be in worship. You don't, and I'm going to be honest with God, bless the prayer, the praise teams and this, that, and the other. But you know what? It's nothing like when you can go outside and lift your hands somewhere and just say, Lord, I glorify you. Lord, I thank you. And then a song starts to approach your, your soul and say, it is well with my soul. And you start singing a song of Zion. You start singing. And it's just in that moment, your flesh and your spirit becomes empowered because it's of the yearning. It's of the desire to be closer to him. The psalmist, he wanted it to be felt. He wanted it to, he wanted to be a, 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 a notice that that yearning, it puts you in a place. It says, okay, yea, the spirit found the house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even thine altars. God got a place for us. Even I, God, if he got a place for the birds, if he got a place for the sparrow and the swallow, he has a place for us, even thine altars. Oh, Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Let me tell you something. As long as you're a child of the most high God, what did David say? I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed out begging bread. God is always going to have a place for you. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who, is, who this is for, but you're searching, you're looking. Let me tell you something. As long as you're a child of the Most High God, I know it's not about the building, but people, when we are training them, when we are bringing them in, when we're evangelizing, you do need a place, a, a place so that they can have a, a location, a landmark, to so that they can recognize that this is where I go to center myself. This is where I go not to lift up man. Not, not, not to do things uh, 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 to edify and please somebody. No, the building, the church house is a place where you connect, where you get sharpened. I know this is a place where I'm going to hear the word of God. I know this is a place where when we have Bible study, the word of God is going to go for. It's a location to get re-energized. It's a location to get centered. It's a location to learn. It's a location to grow. So then you can go back out and then you can reach the lost souls and pull them back into the location so that now they can learn, so that they can grow, so they can study the word of God, so that they can be fed, so that their souls can be edified. And then you know what? Then they're able to strengthen and they're able to go back and they're able to pull some more souls back in and it just keeps going and going. And that is when the church multiplies. See, people got stuff backwards. Oh, how many seats? How many seats you got? How many people want to fill up? Let me tell you something. You get one person to come into your Bible study and they get that word of God. You don't know they got aunties and uncles and cousins and they go back. Those people may never come into your church house, but you caught that one. Hallelujah. You caught that one that God had appointed to go back and speak to those that were designated for him to speak to. You've encouraged them. You taught them. You trained them. You shown them how to yearn after the things of God. Now they are strong in their spirit that they can go and testify. And tell somebody else. Let me tell you something. In the biblical times when Jesus went out and he spoke to people. 
He spoke to multitudes. They were outside. They were outside. I, I, I have yet to read a scripture that's in the word that says the church building and on Mount Moriah was filled with five and ten thousand people. Let, let please let bring me let me bring it in. If that's what people do, no problem. That's the way God has anointed someone, and that's the way God is using someone, no problem. But for those who have church houses that have 20 to 100 people. For those that have those small church houses, don't ever think that your work is insufficient. Don't you ever think that there's no purpose. Don't give up. Don't give in. Half the time, people uh, in ministry, they sometimes go beyond their budget. Stop that. Ask God to give you financial wisdom. Go somewhere to an account class or something. Talk about, see, a lot of churches don't talk about their budget. You sit down and map things out and you, what is, what did the word say? Count up the cost. You got to count everything up line by line. You got to break that thing down. And half the time you're going above your budget. If you would stay within your budget and work with what God has given you, you'll be all right and you'll sustain. But see, some people get big headed and some people, let me just be real. Some of y'all preachers, y'all thinking about filling your pocket. Let me tell you something. When you do the work of God, he's, he's going to make sure you are all right. It's just going to happen automatically. Been in it long enough. I'll be 50 years old. God willing, he, he, should he allow me to see October 18, 2022? I'll be 50 years old. And all the days of my life, I have seen God make a way out of no way. I have seen God put food on the table. Even me, myself, when I was a single mother and it was just me and my child. And I didn't know. And then you see, oh, but your father was apostle such and such. Yeah, apostle such and such wasn't in my apartment when it was just me and my child. When I had to eat franks and beans, he wasn't there. I had to rely on who? The most high God, my heavenly father. I thank God for my biological father. I thank God for him. But when it was all said and done, I had to rely on my heavenly father. He never made me lack for nothing, for nothing. Kept me, watched over me. That word when it says that God will be a husband to the husbandless, a father to the fatherless, I've experienced that and I know, have known it to be true. Can't nobody tell me otherwise. Sweethearts, you out here, you don't need no sugar daddy, no granddaddy, no side daddy. You got the greatest daddy of all, heavenly father. You know him. You ain't got to be on your back for nobody. You don't have to be giving up yourself and your, uh, for nobody and people just using you as, as a, 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 a dumping ground. No, you don't have to do that. The only thing you got to do is trust God. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. And he will always make a way for you. The yearning. The yearning has to be there. It says it right here. If he has a place for the sparrow and the swallow... He has a place for you. His altars. I don't know once again who I'm talking. You searching. You looking for something. You looking for a place. You, you, you're longing for a, 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 a source. You're, long, you're, you're looking a business. You could be looking for a, a place of worship. God has led you in that part. And you, want, and you said, Lord, I don't want to have to be renting and leasing. I want a place that's solid. I don't want to have to have no 30-year mortgage. I want it. Let me tell you something. Get before the Lord, fast and pray. He will make a way out of no way. God will, God will fix that thing. He will turn it around. Just like he has a place for the sparrow and the, and, and the swallow, he has a place for you. He has a place for you. God has blessed us. He has blessed us. 
and has we have come into the recognition of once again knowing that we do have these places that have been set aside for us to come into a place where and we can say, wow, when I come here, I feel the presence of God. When I come here, I know I can breathe. I know I can center myself. I know I can get in a place mentally where I can reach out to the Heavenly Father. Yes, that's what these places of worship are. That's what they're for. That's the purpose. It says, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be, they will be still praising thee. Blessed. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. For those of you who are in ministry, for those of you who are ushers and your stewardess and your caretakers of the building of God, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Pastors, count it all joy. Pastors, we got to get out of this, this, this yucky thinking. Oh, it's so hard. And oh, it is. Okay, yeah, we have challenges. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but what? He will deliver us out of each and every one of us. So in knowing that, okay, this is a challenge. This may be an affliction, but it ain't going to last. <laughs> he going to deliver me out of this. So why do we walk around? Don't get me wrong. We can talk and say things like, yeah, you know, I, I, I really, it was a really struggle trying to get things together to find food pantry, but we got it. We made it done. But don't sit there. I'm tired of doing the food pantry. I'm tired of preaching. I'm tired of these people not wanting to get out of it. This ain't for you. Get out of it. This is not for you. If you want to be complaining all the time, that's not for you. Look at Jesus. He was beat, cursed at, spat at, all the way to Calvary. Jesus didn't complain. I, I, I have yet to read it. If you find it, call me up. Put a DM in my, in my box and say, this chapter such and such. A, tell me. But all the way to Calvary, Jesus didn't complain at one time. He didn't complain. He didn't, oh, no. When he was in the garden, he prayed, he said, Lord, if you can't take this cup of indignation from me, because he was nervous because he knew what was set before him. But when it was, when he, them centurions came and he realized he had told Judas, okay, go ahead. Whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. They came to arrest you. Jesus was like, okay, this is it. He's, he, this is it. But you know what? I know he was thinking in his mind, this is just the plot. This is just the, the, the time frame that I walk, but this not going to last. Jesus already know that he was going to get up. Oh my God. He already know. He already knew that the resurrection power on the, was on the inside of him. But I got to do what I got to do because I got to listen. My father gave me a, a command. My father commissioned me to do something. So now I got to follow it through. I got to go all the way to Calvary. And he went all the way to Calvary and Jesus did not complain. So preachers, please let's get out of that habit. Please let's let let's correct one another and love on one another. When that when we start talking that negative thing, once again, listen to what Dawn is saying. We talk, but we talk, and then we should be making sure that we are encouraging one another to carry on. We should be making sure that we are showing one another the joy of what it means to be in ministry. We got to show, we got to talk about the happiness. We got to talk about the blessings of the Lord. We got to talk about those miracles that have happened. We got to talk about how excited we were when the souls came to, to, to Christ. We got to talk about how people were happy when they picked up the grocery bag and was able to take some food. We got to talk about the good things and encourage one another to continue to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So I talk about this, woe is me. Ministry is hard. If ministry is hard, then you, you don't need to do it. It's, it's not for you to do. 
Because God gives grace. And his grace is sufficient. It's sufficient. It's, it's enough for you to get to through whatever assignment he has given you to do. We got to make sure you call. I remember the great late apostle, Dr. Idell Cheever, had the opportunity to talk to her in 2017. One-on-one conversation. And she said, you got to know you call. You, you, when you're doing this work, you got to know you call. She looked at me. She said, you know you called, right? I said, yes, ma'am. See, you got to know you called. See, because when you know you call, you're going to be like Jesus. I know what my father told me to do. I come to do a work. I come to complete the mission. I come to do the work. Jesus did the work while he was here. That's another thing. Ministers, you can't be lazy. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. Today, I worked a long day today. 7.30, Bible study. The only time I can't get on Bible study is when something happens, when it's just totally out of my control. But if God has given me breath, and God has given me the ability, I got to do my, my due diligence. I got I to gotta teach the word. I can't be sitting up here talking about apostle and I don't teach the word. A part, a part of being an apostle is teaching the word. Pastors, you got to teach the word. Pastors, you got to pray and you got to fast. Jesus did it. What makes you think you are exempt? You're not exempt. You got to do it too. You got to do it too. So let us have that yearning. See, when you yearn after the things of God, when you yearn for his presence, when you yearn to be in his tabernacle, when you yearn to be in your tent doors, when you yearn to put that plate down, when you yearn to say, let me get my study time in with my word, what begins to happen? God takes you from glory to glory. Before you know it, that thing you've been praying for, that God didn't open up the door. And, and, and when God does a work, oh my goodness, I'm telling you, fasting and praying and reading the word, God does suddenly work. Suddenly. Suddenly. See, people, oh, he may not come when you want him, but he right on time. God still does suddenly work. When See, sometimes he don't come on time because you're not fasting and praying and seeking a father. Sometimes you it's a, it's taking a long time because you're not getting some in your your secret place and praying and asking God to purge you. Sometimes it's taking long because let me tell you sometimes you can wish to be a millionaire all you want, but if you don't know how to hold a hundred dollars in your hand and you don't know how to count up the cost and you don't know how to budget with just one hundred dollars, what do you think you gonna do with a million? Ah, I know I'm stepping on some toes. But you, it's it's reality. God, God is a sensible God. He, he said He chooses the uh, 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 the foolish things, right? The foolish thing, and see the foolish things, the things that fool is because see a lot of people think that it's going to be structured of the formula of ta 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 of the dynamics of the fulcrum, of the, and God just be saying, put ten dollars to the side, give me ten percent, and give yourself ten percent. That's see, 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 those who think they so biggity in their brain, that's foolish, right? But see, God, he will use those little things to help us to get ahead. It's practical things. Sometimes we make things too difficult. God be showing us a way. Okay, they told you you got diabetes, this, that, and the other. Lay off the soda. Lay off the sugary snacks. You're going to be all right. But what we do, oh, I got to have my piece of chocolate banana cake. Okay. You're making that choice. Got to tell us something simple. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 oh, on my job, they're giving out pink slip. God telling you, 
join up over here at this place over here. They may not have the pay scale right now that you're looking for, but within about five months to six months, there's going to be a change. And God telling you to go over there and you sitting right here because you just comfortable. So you got, let me tell you something. If you're going to walk in the spirit, you got to hear in the spirit. If you want to pray and ask God to give you an answer, you're going to have to make sure that you're, going to, you're willing to listen to the answer that he gives you and, and apply it and do what he tells you to do. See, it, it has a great deal to do with obedience, yearning after God, yearning after God, being obedient to his will, his word, his way. We got to make sure that we, as his children, as ministers of the gospel, that we have this yearning, this constant yearning, because the yearning is what keeps us centered and in place and in tuned to the things of God, wherein he can lead us and through his divine spirit, he can show us where to go. I'm going to tell you something. You stand in front of a television all the time. You stand on that telephone all of the time. You, you, you stand on your smartphone all of the time or on Facebook and this and that. Sometimes you got to shut these things off, shut these devices off, devices off, and get in your secret place. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's great to have these things and look at them, but these things not going to give you the answers you need. Like God will downpour in your spirit and give you direction so that you could do and get what, what needs to be done. So, saints, listeners, those who are yet still coming in, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. As this psalmist had that yearning to be in the tabernacle, using that metaphorically as to say, in your presence. As we continue to walk this walk of salvation, as we choose to allow for the divine spirit to lead and guide us and direct us, we have to be in a place of yearning, yearning after the things of God. I do hope on tonight that the Lord gave you something to work with, that you heard something that would help you, that would edify your soul, lift your spirit, that would encourage you, to make you think, to enlighten you, to say, you know what? I do need to spend a little bit more time. You know, I hope I provoked you to righteousness. Where and when you get off of this uh, 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 this Bible study lesson, you'll say, wait a minute, I need to hear more for God. If, I, if that was the effect on you, then mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yearn after the things of God. Thank you once again for tuning in. It's so beautiful to see everyone that's, uh, uh, that has chimed in. God bless you, each and every one of you that are a part of Love of Jesus Deliverance Evangelistic Center Community Church. God bless you. Our leaders, God bless you. God bless you for being obedient and tuning in so that when we study the word of God, we walk in the same vein. That place of worship that God, that God is designing for our personal lives, for what we are going to walk into. We don't have to worry about a thing because God has us in mind. God bless each and every one of you once again. Until we meet or speak again, I pray that the blessings of the Lord continue to make you rich, adding no sorrow to it. God bless you, love you, and enjoy the rest of your night.